Hear these words from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. May the God of endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude toward each other, similar to Christ Jesus' attitude. That way you can glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ together with one voice. So welcome each other in the same way that Christ also welcomed you for God's glory. I'm saying that Christ became a servant of those who are circumcised for the sake of God's truth in order to confirm the promises given to the ancestors and so that the Gentiles could glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, because of this, I will confess you among the Gentiles and I will sing praises to your name. And again, it says, rejoice Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord of all you Gentiles and all the people should sing his praises. And again, Isaiah says, there will be a root of Jesse who will also rise to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will place their hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and faith so that you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You join me in prayer. Oh God, help us to hear you and to know you this day. Amen. Well, have you noticed over the past few weeks that we haven't been singing many Christmas carols or holiday songs in church on Sunday mornings? Yes. Now, depending on your church background, you might have thought that's a little bit different, strange even. I mean, trust me, there have been times over the past few weeks I've just wanted to belt out, you know, with something like, silver bells, silver bells, it's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling, hear them ring, soon it will be Christmas Day. And yet I don't do that. <clears throat> I keep it to myself because, well, it is Advent, not Christmas yet. You know, but nevertheless, right, it's still a Christmas time, so what's the deal? Why no Christmas music here at Colonial Church? Well, this is something that often gets talked about in churches about this time of year around the world. When should we start singing Christmas songs? After all, many of you probably have them playing on Spotify right now. And so you might be wondering, what's the holdup? And then on top, uh, you know, of holding, on top of holding off on these joyful Christmas songs, we have this gem of a scripture passage. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth there will be dismay among nations. In their confusion, 
over the roaring of the sea and surging waves. The planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken, causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Then they will see the human one coming on a cloud with power and great splendor. Now when these things begin to happen, stand up straight and raise your heads because your redemption is near. What? Roaring of the seas? Soaring waves? People fainting from fear? This is not the most cheery of scripture passages for this season. But you know, in some ways, I appreciate scripture passages like this one because they don't shy away from the realities of the world that I see around me. After all, there are, uh, you know, there's only so much tinsel and, and ornaments to cover a world that is at war, a world that is suffering, a world that chooses time and again to ignore the dangers of our changing climate or that prioritizes the wealthy at the expense of the poor. That's a world I can understand as much as you can understand a world like that because that's the world that I see around me every day on the television and in the lives of my friends and strangers that I'll never meet. And so this world of brightness and light and goodwill toward all, I'm still waiting for that world. I'm still hoping. And that's what Advent helps us to see more clearly. It helps us to see in the dark a little bit better. It helps us to see that in the midst of pain, new life can and does blossom. UCC pastor John Edgerton writes that Jesus was nurtured in the darkness of Mary's womb. He was protected from Herod's wrath by the safety of night's shadows. He was resurrected in the deep darkness that was the tomb. And so the darkness is the sight of of tender miracles, of safety and of respite. And the darkness, I feel, is not something for us to shy away from or desire to get out of immediately. It isn't a rush from these weeks of Advent to the real season of Christmas. We might want that. We may ache for that. We may see around us what many people describe as apocalyptic times. Rising temperatures and erratic weather patterns, children murdered with a gun while they try to learn at school, dictators and potential dictators on the rise in many countries. And yet the Greek meaning of the word apocalypsis is not the end of the world. Its meaning from the word apocalyptean means to take the cover off. So to uncover this time of seeing the signs of dismay among the nations is not necessarily the end of the world as we know it. It is a recognition that something has gone very wrong in our connection to our planet and our connection to one another. It is an opportunity then for us to see the reality of life and our impact on it, and then the potential that we have to make 
a change, to make a real difference. Not at some future point, not when you know, Jesus comes again. No, because Jesus is already here. The opportunity has come near. Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. In the same way, excuse me, when you see these things happening, you know that God's kingdom is near. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until everything has happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. Take care that your hearts aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day -day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly, like a trap. It will come upon everyone who lives in the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times, praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. When you see these things happening, you know that God's kingdom is near. The central promise of the parable of the fig tree is a promise we can hold on to in this season of Advent. Another Greek word, the Greek word that describes coming near and gizo, doesn't refer to a kingdom of God that is you know, soon to come but it's not here yet or one that is, is down the road a little bit and will be here some other time or one that exists after we die but it describes a kingdom that is already here. It's close to us. It exists in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and of his proclamation that all will be saved. And our challenge and our opportunity then is to see the signs that already exist around us. When our world is in pain, when those around us are suffering, God's message to us is clear. Be with them. Clothe the naked. Comfort the sick. Stop the fighting. Look up. Look around. Pay attention. Despite the challenges, we are here for a reason. And maybe that reason is that life has challenges. We are here because in these darkest of moments, these challenging times, we are needed to be a light, to be a voice, to reach out our helping hands to those who need us, and to know that there is someone there for you, too. John O'Donohue, the late Irish poet and mystic, has this to say about the troubling times we find ourselves part of. He writes that despite all the darkness, human hope is based on the instinct that at the deepest level of reality, some intimate kindness holds sway. This is the heart of blessing, he says. To believe in blessing is to believe that our being here, our very presence in this world, is a gift. 
Do you believe that you are part of God's blessing to this world? Could you believe it? Could you see that in the midst of challenges and pain and heartache, you are called in this moment to be a light to the world, salt for the earth, leaven for the bread we're meant to share so that no one goes hungry? Would you believe that you don't need tinsel and ornaments and Christmas songs to feel and to know the presence of God in your life today? That even in the hardest, most difficult, most aching moments of your life, God is still blessing you. God is still opening doors for you. God is still inviting you to be the good that the world needs right now, even in the darkness. Especially in the darkness. And so I won't be rushing this year toward Christmas, although of course it's coming. And when it does, I'll have plenty to sing about, plenty to feel joyful about, plenty to love. But it's not here yet, and that's okay. Because I'm discovering something about this Advent time. I'm, I'm heading, going a little bit deeper. I feel a little bit stronger in this time that I can get through those darker days. I even find myself, amidst everything going on, feeling a little bit of joy. Joy in the midst of all the yuckiness I see around the world today. Joy in the midst of pain and suffering. A deeper joy than perfectly decorated Christmas trees or the butterscotch cookies I can't wait to devour. A joy that defies understanding because it exists even in the middle of so much that's going wrong in the world today. Because in the midst of this season of Advent, I still have something to sing about. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Amen. <laughs>